Welcome to the Beyond Clinical Medicine, What They Don't Teach You in Residency podcast program. I'm Rob Strauss, Team Health's Chief Medical Training Officer. Today we're going to be talking on the pressures on reimbursement and the importance to maintaining the safety net. These conversations are going on in many locations. Social media, they happen between contractual relationships, between payers and, uh, and, and those that are providing the service. We see it in discussions among specialty groups and even in the halls of Congress. And today uh, I have the great pleasure of introducing Leif Murphy, Team Health's Chief Executive Officer. I really appreciate your being here and uh, providing us with the opportunity to understand uh, some issues that we uh, are addressing in healthcare today. So first, who is Team Health? At Team Health, we are uh, the largest physician practice uh, serving hospitals in America. Uh, we're the emergency room clinicians. We're the clinicians inside of hospital medicine, uh, anesthesia, and post-acute. Got it. So let's just jump right in. Uh, as I said in the introduction, we're going to talk about some of the pressures on healthcare providers and organizations that support them. Uh, and now you've been involved uh, in a litigation with United Healthcare. Can you tell us a little bit about what underlies that litigation? So the, the litigation is, is purely focused on reimbursement rates and making sure that uh, across America, our clinicians are paid fairly for the care that we provide. It's my understanding that there were some studies that led to the litigation. One of them is this Yale study, which uh, described the behaviors of Team Health and other organizations in their management and billing related to patients. Can you tell us a little bit about the Yale study? The Yale study was one part of a number of events that led up to ultimately litigation against United. And today we are, we're finishing our first lawsuit, but there are nine more behind it. Hmm. And the, the lawsuit started with demands from United to dramatically reduce our contracted rates of reimbursement for emergency medicine, hospital medicine, and anesthesia services. And we, we worked hard and we worked long hours with United to try to explain to them the challenges that we had in, in emergency medicine, uh, the percentage of the volume that came through the front door uh, that had no insurance, no ability to pay, uh, or was covered by Medicaid, had, uh, which Medicaid only reimburses a small fraction of cost, or even Medicare, which is closer to an approximation of cost, but it still doesn't meet the cost of emergency care. And, and so as we worked through those negotiations, uh, in the background there was a study that was published by Yale University and a researcher named Zach Cooper, who used our name, used Team Health's name in print as an example of uh, high rates of balance billing. And uh, it was a bit of a shock. Uh, in fact, it was a real shock because uh, Team Health does not balance bill patients. We have not balanced bill patients in our 43-year history. And, and so that became a part of the litigation because of the influence that United was having on Yale in what was reportedly an independent piece of research on balance billing and out-of-network reimbursement in the United States. Were there any times in the negotiations that it looked like they were going to break down and wind up leading to this lawsuit? We worked 
very hard to be in network. Uh, but the, the rate reductions w were severe and they compromised the safety net and our ability to be effective at the front line. A couple of things that signaled that uh, we were going to have a great deal of difficulty. Uh, their leadership in conversation with me gave me you know, two specific points. One was the belief that physician pay needed to come down, hmm. that physicians needed to be paid less. And two, that hospitals needed to close across America and that they should be consolidated in larger facilities. Well, the implications of those two things on a burnt out, stressed environment of cutting pay uh, goes without saying. But the importance of the hospital to every community is just like the importance of the school system. Communities can't survive without the emergency department and the hospital system. So there was a clear disconnect with the value that we were providing that suggested to me that we were going to have a, a lot of difficulty ultimately getting to a negotiated rate that was fair. And I think the very last comment was as I begged the question, why would you do this? Why would you push down physician pay at the front line with all of the stresses that we already feel? The response from that same executive was, because we can. Wow, a little bit of a David and Goliath uh, scenario. Very much so. You know, with almost $280 billion in annual revenue, yeah, I, I can't argue with the statement. They can, but we have to push back. Well, it certainly sounds self-serving to take away clinicians and hospitals that are serving their communities all to make it a little easier for them perhaps to gain greater profit. The less they pay, the more they make. So the balanced billing piece is what we continue to hear about surprise medical bills that has even reached the halls of Congress. And uh, I have heard uh, you say that Team Health doesn't balance bills. So this must have come as quite a surprise to you as well. Um, it, it does. And it, it originally started as a surprise medical bill. So that, that was the, uh, the discussion. And interestingly, I think every American has experienced a surprise medical bill. But it's normally in the form of a copayment or the size of a deductible that people didn't anticipate mm. as a part of the care that they received. And, and that's not a function of the provider. It's not a function of the physician at the front line of healthcare. That's a function of an employer's design with an employee on what responsibility, what piece of the financial responsibility will be absorbed by the patient or the employee themselves. So a lot of the surprise medical billing uh, narrative was actually in people's minds copayment and deductible. What it was transitioned into was the balance bill, which mm -hmm. was where there's not a contractual rate, there's not an agreed upon rate for what an insurance company would pay to a physician. So it's an out of network encounter. If we are not paid the amount that we bill, that unpaid balance technically becomes the responsibility of the patient. And so the balance of the unpaid bill, the balance bill, is what became so controversial. At Team Health, we have not balanced billed in our history. And so when we are underpaid by an insurance company like United, 
we seek the balanced payment from United. We don't go after it from the patient. So we don't put the patient in the middle of that payment dispute. And so as we saw the Yale study, for example, allege that we were balanced billing patients, that seemed outrageous to us. And it was only through the litigation that we started to get a window on the influence that United had in that determination and in advancing this false narrative. So you mentioned in-network and out-of-network, and I believe United Healthcare and other uh, payers have made a decision to um, not renew contracts, dropping the average in-network rate. Um, why is that of benefit to them? So it is managed care companies have worked to eliminate the balance bill. So to use Congress to make balance billing illegal. Uh, the remedy that's been advanced is that in an out-of-network situation, the payer could determine their own contracted rate based upon their median contracted rate. Mm -hmm. So if you terminated your high-paying contracted rates, ultimately you could lower your median contracted rate that was left over. So if you handed that power to a managed care company, there's a case that said you could terminate every single contract down to your lowest paying contract and that one remaining contract would become your median contracted rate. I get it. That's great. It would really substantially increase profitability. It would also decrease the payment for services to uh, institutions and physicians uh, and wind up, uh, in my opinion, underpaying them. Uh, so let's talk about the trial itself, and it's ironic. You said this is one of nine more, one of ten cases, uh, and that it, it's ironic that it occurred in Las Vegas because I know that Team Health uh, has a relationship with and provides services at Sunrise Hospital, which was the location in Las Vegas of the greatest number of patients from the mass shooting. And it's also, I've heard you talk about it, it's with great pride that, uh, that the team of doctors and nurses and administrators did such a remarkable job. In fact, uh, just a couple of days ago, I came to realize that of the more than 200 patients that arrived alive, that same number left the hospital alive after such a horrific event. It, uh, interestingly, that shooting wasn't admissible as a part of the trial because the belief was that it would bias the jurors uh, to such a great extent uh, when they recognized the value that was provided that night. In the middle of the night, uh, Dr. Shear and our entire team at Sunrise treated those 200 patients and kept all of those patients alive pretty remarkable and it highlights the importance of emergency medicine in the healthcare delivery system. Well, that, it's fantastic and I can certainly see why it might bias uh, a jury to recognize the extraordinary services that are being provided. So what, what happened in the trial? What was the result? Uh, so uh, the trial was, a, was a, a good and strong outcome for physicians across America in emergency medicine. Uh, the conclusion was made that United was underpaying uh, the fair reimbursement rates of emergency medicine clinicians uh, in our entities uh, across Nevada. Uh, I think the other important thing that came out was that uh, not only was United underpaying us, 
but there was a conclusion that they were doing it in a, in a manner which would constitute oppression, fraud, and malice. Well, again, congratulations for opening that up. Uh, there was a discussion of a playbook. Um, is that something you could talk to us about? One of the things that, uh, that uh, I had hoped uh, but hadn't expected, you know, the, the volume of, of information uh, was what would come out of discovery and depositions. And one of the most significant exhibits that was introduced as a part of the trial was a strategic plan that was advanced by United that essentially talked about terminating clinicians, hospital-based clinicians, emergency medicine in particular, driving down the reimbursement, and then profiting off of the shared savings plan component of their contracts with employers. So to give an example, if our charge was $1,000 for a complex procedure inside of the emergency department, if our contracted rate for that service to use an average was $500, if United were to terminate our contract with the negotiated rate of $500 and artificially pay us $250, their shared savings plan at a minimum awarded them 35% of the savings off of the list price of $1,000. So that sounds complex in, in, in its calculation, but essentially what would happen is United would terminate us in our $500. They'd pay us $250, and they would take a commission of $250 for the same service. Absolutely astounding. So they not only used it to pay us less, but they didn't use all of the savings to give back to the, uh, the people who were paying them. They pocketed some of the money. That's correct. Uh, in my own testimony, uh, as, as I sat in the witness chair in the trial, uh, uh, one of the attorneys for United came up, and with a whiteboard, he drew $1,400 on, uh, on the whiteboard. And he asked me, he said, do you see the $1,400? Um, that is the charge for a gunshot wound in Nevada. He took another example and uh, his pen, and he drew a second number down below, which was if we remitted $250 to Team Health. He drew a third number, which was $300, or somewhere approximate, and we took a fee of $350. The sum of those two amounts is much lower than your charge, so who would be upset with that? And it so happens that Scott Shearer, who responded that night to a gunshot patient in the middle of the night at that Route 91 concert, I was able to look at Scott and say, I'm sure Scott would be upset with that, and I'm sure every employer in America would be upset to see that the physician that responded to the care was paid less than United Healthcare was for the delivery at you know, 12.30 in the middle of the night for unexpected gunshot wound. So this is uh, one of 10. You have more cases uh, that are going to, uh, that are in litigation, is that correct? We do. Uh, interestingly, uh, this was the smallest of the cases that we've been advancing. Uh, there have been numerous delays, many of them because of motions that have been filed trying to delay the cases by United. Uh, but also the court system and COVID and its impact on the court system. So this was the first to come through. 
the facts will be the same or stronger in each of the next nine cases. So I expect us to basically play out the same circumstance nine more times. That's great because it protects the care uh, that is being provided and I think that's great. So United though has a lawsuit against Team Health for allegations of upcoding. Can you tell us a little bit about that? United filed a lawsuit the week that the jury was impaneled in Nevada. And I've been very frustrated to read in almost all of the coverage of the Nevada case, there's reference to that lawsuit. So it's a very deliberate and strategic component of United's response to try to create a counterclaim. If you read and you look at the allegations in that case, it's essentially that Team Health is upcoding claims. So that over the last years, especially since 2017, they reference that the percentage of claims has grown that are level five, which is the highest of five levels of coding for, for emergency medicine. What, what's not highlighted there is that the percentage of level five claims that United sees and complains about in their complaint is the same percentage of level five claims submitted to Medicare by all providers across the entire United States. They ignore the fact that they have denied 75% of those level five claims and would suggest then that we should be at one fifth of the national average for submission of level five claims. Would you mind if I asked you a question here about the countersuit? Oh, sure, sure. So uh, is, is the countersuit was filed, and you heard my, uh, you know, my response around coding and just the fact that acuity hasn't grown. There's also an allegation that uh, a, a level five bill should never relate to a patient that presents with indigestion as a result of eating a chili dog. Oh, yeah. And there are a number of examples of that type of uh, desire to pay a rate based upon diagnosis at time of discharge. It, with your experience as an emergency medicine physician and having taught residency and being the author of the two books on my desk uh, around emergency medicine, what's your thought about that? I think sometimes there uh, as described, there's almost an expectation that we'll have a crystal ball and be able to predict in advance what a, a patient's going to have. But in fact, a patient who comes in with chest pain or abdominal pain or shortness of breath uh, comes in with a, an unknown cause. And it is absolutely our responsibility to be sure that they are okay or to figure out and discern what is going on. Chest pain could be a heart attack. It could be a pulmonary embolus or a clot in the lungs. It could be a dissecting aorta or it could be GERD or reflux disease. But we can't know that without going through a process and that process entails talking with the patient, evaluating them, performing an electrocardiogram, perhaps getting an x-ray, doing lab tests, maybe an echocardiogram, maybe a stress test, perhaps observation and reevaluation before it is determined exactly what's going on. And I'm glad to say that sometimes those patients go home after that determination, but many times they get admitted to the hospital. To assume 
that the patient uh, should know, which I think that is an assumption, in advance of coming to the emergency department, what's going on is, is uh, a poor assumption. If you were to call your doctor's office now, the first thing that you would get is a recording saying, if this is an emergency, call 911. The reason your doctor doesn't take care of you is because they want you to go to a place where an emergency can be taken care of, where uh, very talented professional physicians and nurses and uh, staff uh, have the knowledge, the skills, and the resources to determine what is actually going on and provide the best care for the patient. And again, to, there's a, there's a uh, prudent layperson standard which essentially says that an insurance company must pay for the evaluation of a patient who comes to the emergency department uh, if a prudent layperson would think that that might be an emergency. And so certainly somebody with a chest pain, and in the case you mentioned, uh, GERD, which could be a heart attack or could be a pulmonary embolus, should not be penalized after the fact because it also penalizes not just the patient, but also the hospital and the caregivers. So, yes, you've, you've hit a button of mine. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an important issue. Well, you know, the, the patient has paid their premiums. They have a right on a prudent layperson to receive care. And I'm sure that United would like to deny the payment because the less payment, the more profit. But at the end of the day, that premium is paid and that right is there. We need to deliver the health care that they're entitled to. Well, has in fact Team Health changed its coding policies? Dr. Strauss, we have had the exact same coding matrix for over 10 years. Mm. And if you think about a matrix, it is a level one moving to a column for level two, moving for, to a column for level three, which are incremental services that are provided as a part of that encounter with the patient. If that coding grid hasn't changed in 10 years, there's been no impact since 2017 on acuity. The drivers of acuity are the aging of the population. Mm -hmm. Medicaid expansion has essentially taken self-pay and given them other opportunities for seeking care. Self-pay historically would see even the lowest level of care inside of the emergency department because they didn't have anywhere else to go. We were the safety net. The proliferation of urgent care has created other access points. There are a number of drivers which United chooses to ignore, but instead denies 75% of our claims and dramatically increases the cost of collection by having to pursue those with further documentation and support. So one of the things I think you're saying is that the number of lower level, lower acuity cases, certainly during this pandemic, have decreased while the number of high acuity cases has uh, stayed the same, or in some cases they may have increased, but we're not changing our coding. It's just because of the higher acuity coming into the departments. Is that right? It, it is, and Dr. Strauss, it's, it's actually, if you looked at acuity over 10 years, so even before the pandemic, we were seeing increasing acuity in emergency departments for all of those reasons that I mentioned. Uh, the actual incremental acuity through COVID hasn't been particularly dramatic. 
although there is a, a small but measurable component even in the last two years of incremental acuity. Oh, it certainly makes sense. And uh, we are all aging, so <laughs> I, I, I get that. So uh, Team Health has a relationship with uh, Blackstone, and the, the concept of private equity, I think, has come up in the discussion. Can you talk to us about that? So Blackstone is our, is our largest investor. Uh, Blackstone is, uh, it's not a household name, but the, the companies that Blackstone invests in are, are very much uh, household names. Uh, the private equity narrative that came up in the trial and that continues to be advanced by managed care, that, that is a manipulation that's designed to change the narrative because it's difficult to accuse or to push down reimbursement for physicians in the face of a pandemic. And so by changing the face of the physician to private equity, they have picked an adversary that Congress is more willing to take on. And what we have to do is highlight that Team Health is the largest physician practice in America. We're at the front lines of providing care. And the harm they do in driving down reimbursement to drive up their own profits is hurting the front line of America's physicians. Well, I think all the stresses are at an all-time high. Uh, there's plenty of evidence. Uh, Medscape is an organization that follows the stress and well-being of clinicians, and their numbers uh, have put emergency physicians at close to the top level of, of stress. Um, and yet the numbers over the period of COVID for all clinicians have increased, according to Medscape, by about 25%, um, which means to me that uh, people are struggling. We're seeing clinician suicides um, and, uh, and, of course, some deaths uh, from COVID itself. Uh, so if we take away uh, the reimbursement that they're getting paid, it just adds another stress, another uh, difficulty uh, piling on to an already very difficult situation. So I've heard you say that this is, the case involves team health, but this is much more than just about team health. And it's more than just about United Healthcare. What, what do you mean? So, Dr. Strauss, unequivocally, this fight is bigger than team health. We, we are fighting this fight on behalf of every clinician in America, but really also on behalf of all of the patients mm -hmm. across America that need access into emergency departments and emergency care. We are the safety net for American healthcare. We are the access point that's there 24 hours a day, seven days a week and every holiday. And we're prepared from everything from a minor injury to severe trauma so that we can take care mm. of patients and ensure that that delivery system is there. I don't think that Team Health is anywhere near the only provider currently underpaid by United. But the resources that have had to go into this fight are substantial. And so we are fighting this fight on behalf of every provider. And I believe the message that came from the jury is very significant and very clear, which is you cannot use unfair payment practices without facing a consequence. Good, that certainly supports the continuing safety net uh, for all of our patients. 
Mr. Murphy, thank you so much for this time together. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure.